Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. And so I, uh, I know the time I have tonight is short. <laughs> so we're going to get into the word. Um, I'm going to pray just a minute. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you, Father, for your presence here. Thank you, Lord, for these hungry hearts. And Lord, I thank you that when we seek you, your word says we will find you. And that we don't uh, call out to you in vain. And I thank you, Father, that, that you hear and answer prayers, prayers right now that are being lifted up to you. Uh, and we pray right now, Father, for just those in leadership, our president and our president-elect and all of the transitions. We thank you, Father, that, that your hand is guiding and leading and that your, your uh, godly people are surrounding these that are in office to make wise decisions. We pray, Father God, for your peace and unity in our country. We pray, Father God, for your an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We pray for a revival in our nation. We pray, Father God, for you just to show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are turned towards you. And we thank you, Father, that you are here tonight in, in our hearts and in our presence. I pray, Father, that you would just uh, say those things that will strengthen us and say those things through me, Lord, that will cause us to stand and cause our faith to grow and cause us to be strong in the Lord. I thank you, Father, that when the entrance of your word gives light, it also gives confidence. It gives security that, Father, you have given us this word as a light to guide our path, but also to still our mind and to strengthen, Father, our minds. And so I thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, but he's also the intercessor, the comforter. I mean, you are our strength and our, our standby. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us tonight. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Well, uh, just open your Bibles tonight to Exodus chapter 25. And because uh, this is my last night here for a while, uh, I'm just going to say things that I think that will help that are practical. Uh, and you know, if you know me, I'm very practical. And uh, the thing about it is I get a little intimidated because everybody comes here that speaks. They have all these outlines and handouts, and I don't have that. So we're just going to jump around wherever we go tonight, okay? But I think these things are important. And so uh, this is a very practical thing. But this is a scripture that I love in Exodus chapter 25. Actually, it's talking about when Moses had the vision of the uh, tabernacle, when God gave him all the dimensions and told him how to build the tabernacle and that they were going to be traveling around for a time. So they had to make everything so it'd be movable. And so he gave them all the dimensions for all the uh, poles and, and everything that was going to be carved and what to make it out of. And uh, so he said in Exodus chapter 25, I love the first part of this verse. It says in verse 22, there I will meet with you. There I will meet with you. 
I love that scripture. There I will meet with you. And from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak intimately. Now, don't forget, I read out of the Amplified Bible. I will speak intimately with you of all which I will give you in the commandment to the Israelites. Now, in verse 22, he says, There I will meet with you and from above the mercy seat from the, between the cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony. Now, if we were to study the tabernacle, which is a wonderful teaching. I mean, it's just actually one of my, uh, it builds my faith so much to study the tabernacle. But they had uh, the mercy seat. And when you go a little further in the book of Exodus, you'll find that when Moses came down off the mount and he had the tablets that God had given them, they had the Ten Commandments, and they were all messing around. And, and you know, and then he put uh, threw the tablets down. How many saw the movie? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, then they picked those up and they put them in this, it was called the mercy seat. It was just, uh, it was the, the Ark of the Covenant. And above it on the top was the mercy seat. There were two angels facing each other. And so uh, in that covenant, in that Ark of the Covenant, there was the broken tablets, which is uh, a type and shadow of that, you know, we can't keep the law. How many agree? We can't keep the law. And you know, the word of God says that you, that if you, uh, try to keep the law, that if you mess up one time, it's over. It's all over. You have to keep the whole law. That's how it reads. And uh, so they put these tablets in the ark and they had the mercy seat on top. And so one time a year, one time a year, the high priest would go in and they would, you know, do all these rituals and then they would, uh, you know, burn the incense would go up, which represents the prayers of the saints. But one time a year, the high priest would go in. And if we studied what he wore and all the bells and pomegranates on the bottom of his robe, you know, if those bells quit jingling, they knew he died in there and they'd have to pull him out. I mean, it's a wonderful story. <laughs> and so, uh, but they had this ark and on top of it, two cherubim and the top of it was called the mercy seat. And that's where the priest would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice. He'd go in and sprinkle the blood on top of the mercy seat. Now let's look at this. It's a type and shadow of how God looks at us. When God looks at us, he sees us through the blood of that sacrifice, that blood of Jesus. I mean, think about your God up here. You're looking down. The first thing you see is the blood. I mean, that was in the Old Testament it was written that way. That was what they had to observe and do. And it was the type and shadow of Jesus. And so the priest would come in and sprinkle uh, the blood to offer the sacrifices for the people, the sins of his people, the sins of himself, the sins of the people. But he would sprinkle that blood because, you see, God couldn't, a perfect God, a righteous God, couldn't look on the law, couldn't look on the sin of the people without somebody in the middle, an intercessor, the perfect sacrifice. Somebody shed blood. And that was Jesus. I mean, even in the Old Testament, they had that type and shadow of how God would look down, see the blood, and the sins of the people would be forgiven. And then they'd pack up and follow the cloud, and then they'd do it again the next year. I mean, it was just a ritual that they had. But how many of you know that that blood was shed in the New Testament, was the perfect lamb, was the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. And it says in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus entered in once and for all. I mean, he doesn't have to do it anymore, and he's done it for everybody, for all time. I mean, honestly, it's really a faith builder, but I'm not really talking about that tonight. I want that phrase, 
the Lord said, there I will meet with you. There I will meet with you. I mean, let's get excited because God said he would meet us. Hallelujah. I mean, I just, you know, it's like HUD. I, I just, I'm so thankful that you'll meet us, that you'll talk to us there. And he does talk to us. Let's turn over, right, since we're here in uh, Exodus, in Exodus chapter 3. And so they go on their journey a little bit more, and you can uh, read the rest of this story. But uh, Moses, in chapter 33 of Exodus, in verse 11 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Is that incredible? Not only did Moses meet there and talk to God, God talked back to Moses. I mean, just think about that. God talks back to Moses. If you jump on down here, let's look in verse 13. Now I pray you, if I found favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Look in verse 14. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, look at verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, verse 18. And Moses said, verse 19. And God said, Do you see how that is an exchange? Moses said and God said. I want to tell you that God is still speaking to his people today. Yes, Yes, let's give him a hand for that. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that you still speak to people today. Some people say, I I can't talk to God and I've never heard from God and God doesn't talk to me. I have to say, I hear that a lot. But the word of God says, no, Moses spoke, God spoke to him. God is still speaking to us today. So why did I say all of this? Because prayer is talking and listening. It's a communication. Now, I think maybe sometimes my husband says to me, Karen, you just talk all the time. <laughs> How many don't believe that? I didn't see any hands. <laughs> and then sometimes he talks and I listen and we share back and forth. But communication, it's, it, prayer is communicating with God. And I want to say this, this has helped me so much in my life. And remember, I'm not going to see you till January sometime. So I want to tell you something that has <laughs> helped me. It's a very practical thing. I, my friends have done this. I didn't invent this. But I have a chair in my bedroom. And it's a chair that was Don's grandmother's. And so it's been in our family for centuries. And uh, it's called, it's just called, let's just call it what it is, a prayer chair. Now, I have it set up in my bedroom in the corner. And by that prayer chair, by my special chair, which is just an old, old chair, I have a little table and it has a lamp on it. And on that table, I have my Bible, I have my journal, I have my pen, I have my blanket. Not that it's cold, but sometimes you just need comfort. And then I have a little thing that plays my music. And I like music that doesn't have words. I just like instrumentals you know, from 
saxophone, the old times, things like that. And honestly, I have to say that. It's sort of like my place. When I go and sit down in that chair, I'm there to talk with God. Now, I know you may think that's a very simple thing, but honestly, God is simple. I go and I sit in that chair and my husband will say, oh, I see you're getting ready to pray. And so he'll go in the other room and do something in the other room, whatever. And I just start praying. Now, I don't know if you have a place in your house. I don't know. I have to say this. Years ago, uh, when the kids were little, I would go in the closet. Do you remember that? Your dad would go in the closet. It was a place of privacy. It was just a place that we had to pray. So I just want to ask you tonight, what could you do to make a place? It's not that God's not here. He is here. He's in us. We'll look at that in a minute. But what could you do? What could I have this chair, and I go sit on that chair, and you know what? It, it's, I'm seated. In the scripture says in Ephesians, I'm seated, uh, literally, in heavenly places. Amen with Christ Jesus. And you know, this is something that I heard not long ago, that, I, that we are seated, but the priest in the Old Testament, they couldn't ever sit down. They had to keep moving, and they had to keep working all day until their time was up. But we can sit down. You know why? Because the work is done. Jesus did the work. So we can sit down. We're seated in heavenly places. And it's a a place of authority. It's a place of power. And so here we just, we want to create this kind of an atmosphere in our home. And uh, I know it may not seem like it's very spiritual to you, but to me, it's sort of like in in, uh, Psalms 91 where it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place. It's sort of like my secret place. And I know when I'm sitting down there that I... uh, I'm going to talk to God. Now, sometimes I cry. Sometimes I just fall apart. But I want to say this. After 70 years, God knows me inside and out. And in that chair, in that chair, I can be who I am. Because he knows who I am. He knows me. We have that kind of a relationship. And so maybe you're not able to just designate a chair. Maybe you could designate a corner of your closet. I started out in my closet. But I, it means so much to me. And I just sit there, I pray. I pray for all the kids. I pray for, you know, all the situations that come into my uh, heart, through the Holy Spirit. I pray for things that are on my mind. I just pray, and I'm just thankful that I have, it's a place where I can talk about, you know, my fears. I can write down my questions, and I want to say this about that. I don't always leave with an answer. I don't. I mean, listen, I have questions a mile long. Why this or that or whatever? Or what should I do? Or I mean, there are questions. I want to say this. I don't always leave that time of prayer with an answer. And I don't want to give you a thought that I do. I don't. But I want to say this. I know that God has heard my prayer. Yeah. 
And I know he's working on the situation somewhere, somehow. And so I have a peace. And that is really important to me. Is this the only place I pray? No. I pray in the car. I pray as I'm taking a walk. I pray many places. But you know what? I just wanted to encourage you that the word of God says, there I will meet with you. It doesn't have to be just there, but it could be. Maybe that will help you. Maybe it'll help you just to have a special place for you and God to meet. Because there's a lot of things that we just need to pray about and turn over to him. And he says that he will hear our prayer. So, the prayer chair. I just want to encourage you to do that in your own life. I think it'll be a blessing. I, actually, if you will do that, I know it'll be a blessing. The number two thing I wanted to tell you is also here in Exodus, since we're here. So let's look over in Exodus chapter 17. This is another one of my favorite stories. Okay, this is the scene. Moses leading the people. They come out. They come to a place where there's some water. I mean, it's their big confrontation. Their big confrontation. Because the enemy doesn't want them to have that water. Can you imagine wandering in the desert? and Everybody would be fighting over what? Water. And so here they're having this big confrontation. And so, uh, you know, they're just like telling Moses, you know, is God here or not here? And then in verse 8 of chapter 17, then Amalek, the descendants of Esau, fought with Israel at Rephidim. Verse 9, and Moses said to Joshua, choose out among us men, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Ur went up on the hilltop. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy and grew weary. That's what it says here in the Amplified. So the other men, I'm going to say this, so his friends took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Ur, his friends, held up his hands. One on one side and one on the other. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua mowed down the people and disabled Amalek and his people with the sword. And then the Lord said, write this in the book of memorials and then recite it to the people. Remind them of the victory. Remind them of how I showed myself strong on your behalf. But what is the key from this story that is just so meaningful in your prayer? You need to have people that pray with you. You need to have friends in prayer. Now listen, let's think about Moses just a minute. Moses was a mighty man of God, wasn't he? I mean, he, he had that rod and he... He went in and he did all these miracles. Remember when he threw that rod down and turned to a snake, swallowed those other snakes up? I mean, it turned the river Nile. I mean, he led those people out. He was a strong man, but there comes a time in everyone's life that you need your friends because you get weary in the battle. You get tired. I mean, 
Let's hold up our hands like this. Come on. Both of them. Are you getting tired yet? <laughs> okay, put them down. <laughs> I'm just doing that because it can be weary. You can get tired holding up your own hands by yourself. And we need one another. We need friends to pray with us. Your pastor needs friends to help hold his hands up. Cody, David, all of the people, they need friends. But you need someone to hold up your arms. There's times in all of our lives that we cannot do it on our own. I, I don't know. I've had, uh, actually I've had my prayer partners for years. I mean, for 30 some years I've had these girls. Oh, we're not all girls now. <laughs> but they are powerful prayer warriors. Beatrice is one of my prayer partners. I mean, I've had prayer partners for years. Honestly, I could not have made it at times because my arms got tired, but I had friends. Now, how many of you have ever got tired in your situation and weary and you just want to give up and you need somebody to come alongside and lift you up? And listen, it's, it's great that we can say the Holy Spirit does that, and he does, but the Holy Spirit usually prompts people. He moves through people. So I don't know, you know, I'm just giving you things tonight that have helped me because I probably won't be talking to you for a while. <laughs> but this is so important in my life. And it was here for Moses. It says that when his hands were lifted up, they won. When his hands went down, they were overwhelmed by the enemy. His friends saw that, and his friends came over. I want to say this about that. His friends, I want to say this. I, I'm sorry for this. His friends didn't just try to jerk him all over the top of the mountain. Yeah. Do I look yeah. like I'm skating? <laughs> his friends didn't do that. His friends didn't move him here and move him there. He had the vision. He knew what the battle was ahead of him. He saw the battle down there. He had the anointing of God upon him, and he had two friends that helped him stand in the battle. They weren't like giving their opinion. They were just up there praying and holding up his hands. I, I have to confess, sometimes I'm too free with my opinion, and God's working on me in that. All right, let's look at number three. Let's turn into Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians. All right. So Ephesians chapter 6, and it talks there about your children and parents and things like that. And he goes on down and he says in verse 10, in conclusion, or finally, I mean, he's saying, you know what? All 
because of all the other things that he said in Ephesians. I mean, Ephesians is a wonderful book. Ephesians, in the first chapter of Ephesians, tells us that, you know, that we would be filled with the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the things of God that we might be able to do his purpose on the earth. It tells us that we are above and not beneath, that Jesus has his, uh, has his feet. We are above and not beneath. We have authority. I mean, it just goes on and on. And in chapter two, it talks about how, you know, he's got a purpose for all of our lives and it's just wonderful. And so he finally gets to the bottom in verse 10. He says, finally, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. In the Amplified Bible, it says, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Actually, it it really says strengthen yourself. You know, one other time in the Bible, it says that in uh, 1 Samuel, when David came back from war and all their women were gone and everybody wanted to stone him. And so it just says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. And here it says, be strong in the Lord. Now, I want to ask you this. Where do you draw your strength from? This is a super important question. Now, uh, I love sailing. And, you know, for many years, we went sailing. It's the craziest thing. A girl from Missouri, I never saw the ocean till I came to Texas. And then that took me a while to get down there. And, uh, uh, but I don't know. There's so many spiritual lessons that I learned uh, sailing. I mean, you just, you just have to be there to see the winds the wind come along and catch your sail and you know it's just like the breath of the holy spirit i mean it's just exciting and but i know that there's a lot of work on a sailboat there's a lot of work and uh you know i i my job was uh, kind of the cook the uh cleaner up up upper the uh bathroom cleaner scrub the poop deck, you know, all that stuff, whatever. And so we had a stove, and under that stove, there were two propane tanks, and that was for the gas. You know, you wanted to have coffee in the morning and cook, so it had propane tanks. And so when one ran out, it had a hose on it that went into this gas that went right directly into the line to the stove. So when one tank ran out, you'd have to take that hose and put it on the other tank. So it would draw out of one tank, and then when that ran out, listen to me, you would draw out of the other tank. So we had that one tank, and when it would run out, we would draw from the other tank. We would draw from the other tank, and then the stove would work. Now, picture yourself. I want to ask you, Where are you putting your hose to draw from? What tank are you drawing out of? Some people draw out of this tank. It's the tank of what people think. It's the tank of 
how I look. It's the tank of who I know. It's the tank of money. It's the tank of who I am. It's the tank of promotion. It's the tank of self-worth. We don't want to draw out of that tank. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. We're going to draw out of the strength of God, out of the tank that's filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to draw out of that tank. Now, what tank are you drawing out of? What tank are you drawing out of? You've got to draw out of the Holy Spirit. We are spiritual beings. We live down here on this earth, but we are spirit-led beings. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Holy Ghost, and we have to get filled up, filled up from the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the Lord. We can't be strong in what people think and all those things. We have to be strong in the Lord. What are you hooked into? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Draw. Draw from the Holy Spirit. I know my time is up. I just want to say one quick thing. People say, well, how do you do that? Well, you read your word and, you know, you walk in love. I'm telling you, love is the key. One step out of love is sin. And it cuts our prayers off. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want to have power in our prayer. Amen? And love is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know, your thoughts have to be pure. You have to forgive. You can't hold grudges. You have to let go of all things. I mean, the love of God. We draw out of that. How do you draw? How do you draw? I'm going to show you right now how you draw out of the Holy Spirit tank. This is how I do it. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you're always, always there. Thank you, Lord, that you're for me. If anybody else is against me, thank you, Lord, that you're for me. You're on my side. Thank you, Lord, that you have a good plan for my life and the lives of my children and my grandchildren. What am I doing? I am drawing. I'm drawing out of that river of life, that pure river of life on the inside. That's how you draw. I mean, people say, well, I don't know what you mean by that. I just demonstrated. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands and draw on the Holy Spirit. Father, we just draw on you right now. We draw from the Holy Spirit. We draw out, Father God. We thank you. We thank you for getting us here to church tonight. We thank you for the jobs that we have. We thank you, Father, that you're in our lives, that you direct us, that you, your opinion matters. Your thoughts matter. You hear us. You speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God who speaks to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you hear and answer prayer. Hallelujah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.